Hobgoblins, I'm Sean. My name is Alex. And today we're going to go over kind of our origin story, how we got here, and how we became friends for over 20 years. Yeah, and how um, we had the idea for podcasts before podcasts were podcasts. Wow, I don't know that we did that. I'm pretty sure that nobody had ever said anything about recording and putting it on the internet before we had a conversation about it. Well, here is the thing. I do remember when I was a kid, I had a a tape recorder, and I used to record (laughs) like little tiny shows, and I don't know what I was going to do with that. I do remember, uh, and this is jumping ahead, we were at U of A, and we used to, I used to record stuff onto the computer and like just do dumb like radio shit. Like caller, uh, caller number five, uh, what color M&M am I holding in my hand? Oh man. Yeah. Do you remember that? No. I mean, it's just like, for me, it was never just like sit down, do a show and stuff. It was always um, those little talk back things mm. where you'd record something and just play it back and I remember in junior high loving that stuff, but it was mainly as a way to like harass girls. (laughs) I would, I would make things or record them saying things and put like a weird effect on it and be like, ha ha ha, please hug me. (laughs) You were like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2? Yeah, I mean, back when, you know, you couldn't get in trouble. For harassing girls? For harassing girls. Back when it was okay. I mean, it wasn't okay. It's just you didn't get in trouble. It's just no one cared. Yeah, I mean, but then again, seventh grade. Yeah. It's already a horror show in terms of your personal hygiene and uh, your hairstyle and the amount of metal that (laughs) at least I had in my face. (laughs) But yeah, so seventh grade is a good segue into the fact that we're going to do our origins here. And seventh grade is where we met? Nope. Or was it eighth grade? Yep. Eighth grade. So, um, Sean and I have been friends for, I think it's 23 years now. 23 years. So, we met as chicks, basically, (laughs) in the teenage phase. Um, So, we knew each other at our most awkward. And I'm happy to say that after 23 years, nothing has changed at all except for height, Mm -hmm. uh, hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, other than that, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much the exact same now as I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I'm now, uh, realizing that therapy is probably <laughs> something I need to do <laughs> coming up here. But yeah, so Sean and I met in eighth grade. I'm going to let Sean, well, not let him, but Sean's going to tell me, uh, his impressions of me mainly because I... I don't remember anything. You don't remember anything? I remember where we met. Yeah, where did we meet? P.E. Yeah. Um, but, like, you might, you're probably going to say, oh, it was this teacher's class and we had this. I can't remember any of that crap. I don't remember the teacher. I do remember that our P.E. teacher was also, like, the football coach and the assistant wrestling coach. I mean, it's not, a, it was, um, it's not surprising. I forget his, I forget his name. He was yoked though. He, he was, was a big, big guy. He was a big guy. Um, I don't have, I don't have his name off the top of my head. Reynolds, Mr. Reynolds. No, it wasn't really Mr. Did. Reynolds. Um, but yeah, so uh, he was also uh, my assistant wrestling coach because I was in wrestling then too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so PE. So I was coming to Arizona, brand new, fresh, fresh from traveling across the country in a moving van. I wasn't. We weren't even in 
we weren't even in the house that I would be living in in Arizona full time. We were in an apartment at the time. Wow. I rode my I rode my bike because they were building the house because uh, nothing existed out there. Wow, you and I have very similar. It's funny because you'll get through this, and I'll tell you this: the, my origin in Arizona, and it's almost the exact same. Yeah, so we we came we came across uh, the country. My I, my dad and I drove across the country in a moving van, oh, wow. which was annoying as hell. Because no smartphones, no nothing. Basically, just two people in a van together and traveling across the country. And one of them's your dad. And Right. That's true. Um, and I remember um, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something was like the flavor of the of the of the oh, year at that point what is so 94 95 um yeah i mean if we were 13 it would have been 96 Jesus. um but so it was you know there was a lot of breakfast at tiffany's during that trial ride <laughs> although there was a portion of new mexico we drove through that like no radio at all because you just hit scan and the thing would loop and that it would not pick up any signals from anything so you came down, so you went basically down all the way into like Texas and then across. Yeah, we were supposed to go through Louisville. Okay. Um, and no, no smartphones, right? So no Google Maps. Um, we had uh, we had a device that you could buy that literally gave you turn by turn directions if you put in a destination. Oh my goodness! And it would only be like it's like a it was like a pager with like a line of text. And that's literally the only way that you knew where to go. Um, and I will tell you this. So we went over to – so the, the plan or the way it was taking us was over to Indianapolis, down to Louisville, and then over to Arizona. I don't know why. Yeah. I was too young at the time to care. And um, Moving you know, to moving, you, to, yeah. moving to Arizona. No, yeah, I was a moving man. So you had all your crap. We had a bunch of crap in there. Yeah, yeah. My mom was still back in Pennsylvania for a little while because she was finishing up her job and then moving out here to the new job. Um, and yeah, so I remember biking to school every day. That's what I used to do. Uh, cause we, we lived on apartments that were on like Gilbert and Warner. No, I don't know if those, I mean, it's Arizona. So I understand coming from Pennsylvania that you thought a bicycle was a viable transportation device, but I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure you packed that in what pretty quick. No, I, I rode the bike every single oh, day. For, for junior high. And what, what got to me like when I was older was my dad didn't work. So like, what yeah. the fuck was he doing yeah, all day exactly. that he couldn't like pick me up from school or take me to school? I mean, I suffering. And the only way he could ease his suffering was knowing that you were out there riding your bike yeah. in triple degree weather. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the first friends I made at Greenfield were Mike and Sterling and the Haas brothers. Oh, wow. um, mostly because they were, uh, Mike and Sterling were both saxophones in right. the band. I was a saxophone. Uh, and so, like, after band class, I was like, okay, well, this person, these people are people I can talk to at least. And I went and sat down and talked right. to them. Um, I do remember trying to make like a really cool first impression with them. And I'd come from Catholic school to public school, right? <laughs> so I remember like being like cursing up a storm one day at lunch and not understanding what I was doing. And then like the next day they didn't want to sit with me. And I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh shit, they're Mormon. Yeah. And, Mormonism, uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out well for me to, to make that impression. But um, so then I think my first impression of you is you were tall. Yeah. Um, 
uh, a picture of Woody from Toy Story. Yeah, and that's what I look like. Yeah, you were ta- you were tall and spindly. I remember that. Um, or Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington was a, is a good. It's another. Yeah. I mean, I could lift my shirt up, and you could see my organs working. I was so skinny. Yeah, you were. You were twig. Yeah. Um, so that those are my first impressions of you. Uh, but how did you get out there, Arizona? So I also lived in Pennsylvania. The funny story is that uh, Sean lived in Philadelphia and I lived in uh, uh, Pittsburgh. So we had lived in the same state. Um, You were born in Pennsylvania, though, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I had come there. I was born in England (laughs) and had moved to uh, Massachusetts when I was like three and Basically, got lived there long enough to get all my sports affiliations and um, really enjoy the East Coast. Moved to Pennsylvania. I mean, it was all right. Uh, and then Arizona. My dad had like a choice between two jobs, and one was in Washington, and the other was in Arizona. I really wanted him to pick Washington, not Washington State, Washington D.C. I really wanted him to pick there because. I don't know. I like I had friends in Maryland or something like that. I was just like, okay, I can, my life will be normal because moving from Massachusetts, Pennsylvania was devastating. I hated it. I was like, you're basically pulling me from, um, the fertile earth and, you know, just sitting there, like imagine the mandrake from Harry Potter, you know, the scream that it made. Yeah. I was like, that's what my parents had to deal with for my first year in Pennsylvania while I dealt with behavioral issues. (laughs) But um, for me, we didn't drive, we didn't do, um, I think we paid people to move our stuff or we didn't bring any of it. I can't really remember because we did the same thing. We moved down here and when we moved to Arizona, power and baseline, was like the very ragged edge of civilization. It was right where the, like the freeway kept going, but there was nothing past it. And people used to go camping and shooting like just a couple miles outside because it was just desert. And so when we moved there, our house, nothing in our subdivision had been built. Our house was the very first one going up. And I still remember coming off the plane in Arizona and um, walking through the airport and the doors opening because we got there in June and it hit me. And I mean, the only thing I can liken it to is when you preheat an oven and you open the door up and that blast hits you in the face. And I'm like, people live here. What is wrong with everybody? Um, and so I was like, I'm never going outside. Right. I, I pretty much within a year of being in Arizona, I was like, yeah, outside stuff is for losers now. Um, so I played my Genesis all the time and my mom was not buying me games. So you know what I became the master of? Toji Monroe. Sonic Spinball, baby. Whoa. On the Genesis. Holy crap. I was so good at that game because I literally did nothing else. Uh, but when we finally moved in, um, I hated it because like you... I was used to having a degree of freedom. I mean, I used to ride my bike to elementary school. I used to do all that stuff. And I moved into a subdivision of a subdivision only house. It was on a golf course. So, and had two main roads. So I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Couldn't go on the, wasn't allowed on a golf course. Wasn't allowed to cross any of those streets. And I was in a giant dirt field mm-hmm. with no other kids or anything. 
So I'm surprised I didn't go absolutely bonkers within the first six months. I had cabin fever. Like I felt like trapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so school was good for me because I was like, finally. And then once they built other houses, they got other kids and stuff. But um, you mentioned Mike. Yep. I had already met Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike and I ha- went to elementary school together, uh, sixth grade. That was a big thing too. Pennsylvania, sixth grade was middle school. Yep. But in Arizona, sixth grade was still in elementary. So I went from going to like middle school for like orientation and stuff, knowing that I was moving, but feeling like grown up and then coming back and having to go to elementary school. I was like, this is dumb. This sucks. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying Arizona was very abusive to me. (laughs) Um, And I do remember, so I knew Mike and I think you'd met and I was band kid as well. Yeah. So we had a bunch of different classes together. Yeah, I think we had PE, uh, we had band, yeah, and then I think, I think the we had second lunch. semester we had... We had lunch computer. together, didn't we? Oh, yeah. But the second semester, I think we had computers yeah. together. We also did wrestling. I did wrestling for one day total. You you convinced me to join the wrestling team. That's right, I did, because I wanted someone else to join me. Yeah, yeah. Mike wasn't going to do it. And so I came in, uh, so it might have been, yeah, it must have been eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So I came in for the first day of practice and they did this thing called like a ladder where yeah. you basically, you wrestle everyone yeah. and you move up and down. Yeah. And so I was wrestling a guy who was like conservatively probably 60 pounds heavier than me. <laughs> and I being, cause I, I was very sporty when I was younger. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this the old college try. And so I was doing, I'm trying to do all types of fancy stuff. That I didn't, so I did like a fireman's carry or something where I picked him up mm. and, um, that resulted in my little tiny deer legs buckling under the weight and he landed fully on my face. Um, so I remember getting up and looking at my coach and it was like, you know how they, um, in movies and stuff, they do that thing where like they're on drugs and this is what they're seeing. Yeah. Like it was like that. It was kind of weird colors and like static and fuzzy and wavy. Uh, but it wasn't like consistent. And so my coach just looks at me and just goes, yeah, I mean, you're, you're fine. Go sit over there. So I go to sit down and like getting down into like sitting position. It was like, it was like folding an origami piece. I was just trying to figure out my legs weren't, weren't doing what they, I was telling it to do. Yeah. So then he's like, you know what? Maybe you should go to the nurse and not walk because our um, junior high is shaped like a diamond or like triangle. Yep. So you walk down and that walk from one end of the triangle point to the other um, it was like, <laughs> you couldn't do it. It was like tilt a whirl kind of oh, like I was doing this. So I get down to the, the, um, nurse's office and the nurse looks at me and then goes, what happened? I'm like, dude fell on my head. And she took, um, a pen light and Ooh. flashed it into my eyes and my pupils didn't react. Yeah. So she's like, okay, bad news. Bad news. So she lies me down and, um, calls an ambulance. And the ambulance comes, and um, for anybody who doesn't know Arizona geography, all the really good hospitals are in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and we were out in Gilbert, which is like East Valley. Mm-hmm. So while all of these are like different cities, Phoenix is just one; it's urban sprawl all the way. So you you live in Gilbert, but it's still you're in Phoenix. Um, but it, you could say I'm in Phoenix, and that could mean anything from a seventy mile drive to a ten mile drive. <laughs> So they started taking me out to the hospital and then they got like a report saying there was massive traffic. In the meantime, they tried to put an IV in me and missed. 
So that was my first time with uh, needle pain. Oh God, I still get, I'm getting a hot flash right now thinking about that. But um, I didn't know what they were going to do. Also, I'm kind of tripping out because nothing's making any sense. So the next thing I know, they put me on this wooden board and they're taking me out of the ambulance. And I was like, oh, that didn't take as long as I thought it would. And then I'm walking and the vice, the assistant principal's there mm. walking with me towards the baseball field. I was like, what is going on? They landed a helicopter <laughs> in the baseball diamond, Wow! loaded me in, and then flew me to St. Joe's Hospital. Mm. And I... Pretty sure my parents are still paying for that. Holy crap. Although it was the 90s, and I'm not sure if me- medical coverage was as bad as it is now. Mm. So I, who knows? They may have only had to pay for it for 20 years. Yeah. But then they took me there, and um, I didn't find this out till later, but the reason they did that was because they thought I might have a spinal injury, yeah. and you got to get in and do yeah. all that stuff. But I remember after all the recovery, I came back to school, and nobody... Everyone was talking about the helicopter landing in the baseball field. And nobody believed it was me. I don't even think you and Mike believed it was me. Well, so if it was wrestling, I would have been probably still in the wrestling room, like running laps in the 100-degree wrestling. I was so pissed off. I was like, I was out of school for three days. Yeah, I don't remember. See, I don't remember that. Uh, So it did not make an impression upon me. I mean, basically, the struggle I have had now my entire life. Yeah. To get people to believe that things happen to me. Mm. It starts there. Sure. Maybe I just have an unbelievable face. Maybe. Or maybe it's my, I mean, my you tone. Have, you have a very punchable face. I mean, who your, doesn't? Your face is incredibly punchable. Who doesn't have a punchable face, buddy? I mean, you, you do. Uh, I mean, it's pretty punchable. <laughs> I mean, that's why I don't spend too much time in the bathroom. Yeah. Because I'm either going to punch the mirror or cry. Yeah. So, so then from there, we go much, yeah. to high school together. Yeah, we both go to high school together, which we, we lived, all of us lived like within three miles of each other, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, that was the stuff that was built. I mean, in Arizona, three miles is still an insurmountable distance to try and get to on your bicycles in the summertime. But we made it work, and it was weird. We, there, were, there was like houses in the middle. You were the farthest away, I think. I was close. No, you were. So you were on the other. You I was really power. close to Mike. Well, you were on power. You were on. Mike was in Superstition Springs. And I was. I mean, what do you mean by farthest away? I guess that's the point. Well, Mike, I lived literally a mile from the school. You're right. No, I'm not saying like you were the farthest away from us. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you lived on the. Yeah. You I, lived west of the school and all of us lived south and east of it. Uh, yes. Right. So like we didn't walk to your house. No. But I would. I would go see Mike a lot because he lived in Circle G. Oh, he lived in Circle G. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. But anyways. No, Dave lived in Superstition Springs. Um, Sean and I were, we always had classes together because we were <laughs> those smart kids. And uh, um, we were also in band. I played the trombone, so I was cooler. Um, Sean played the saxophone. So he was kind of like, um, if you liken it to classes, I was like, upper middle mm-hmm. like knocking on the door mm-hmm. and you were like coal mine quick worker. name me a famous trombonist 
Yeah, uh, Alexander Morris. Sitting, <laughs> You're not sitting famous. Across. You're not famous. Yeah, but I uh, I uh, put out music under uh, uh, I the mean, famous trombone name, The Bone Man. I mean, I bet you everyone listening can name a famous saxophonist, though. Yeah, famous saxophonist, Michael Jackson. Yeah, not a saxophonist. Really, really good. Yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan. Basketball. Magic Johnson. Also basketball. Calvin Johnson. Uh, football. Calvin Ridley? Football as well. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have kept going. It's funny that we said it at the same time, though. Um, yeah, I you got me there, but that's not because there aren't famous trombonists. That's because I'm just bad at knowing things. Mm. But yeah, so... John, <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. No, there's lots of famous trombonists. There's Trombone Johnson. Yeah, Trombone Johnson. Yeah, Trombone yeah. Smith. We so we had classes every semester together in band, and then we joined the marching band because we're cool. <laughs> and um, to be fair, we went to school with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Whoa, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the NFL legend, was on our team and our quarterback. And people came to see the marching band because our football team was three and twelve and would lose the homecoming game. And our marching band was nationally ranked, number one in Arizona, and we would go into California yeah. and beat them in their home turf. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was not a good quarterback when he went to high school. He wasn't a good quarterback ever. I mean, he made the NFL. I mean, that's just weird. It's just like, why? He made the NFL. He started a lot of games in the NFL. I mean, to be fair, would you say Kevin Cobb's a great quarterback? Um, I would not say he's a great quarterback, no, but I would say he is better than 99% I mean, who have ever played quarterback yeah. in the history of ever. You don't you don't go to Harvard and then go into the NFL if there isn't something. I mean, he's got the passion. I mean, fuck Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I mean, essentially is what I'm, the point I'm getting to. Okay. And instead of obfuscating. Mm, that's I mean, that's what you wanted to get to. I mean, he beat he when he played for the Bills, he beat my Patriots uh, thirty three to thirty one. So he can eat a dick. Mm. And then uh, we both went to U of A. What's U of A? I didn't last very long at U of A. I, I didn't last much longer than you did. Yeah, uh, I did. I did. So so here's a good story. I do remember they gave you the paperwork that was like, who would you like to be your roommate? And number one, I filled out Alexander Morris. Yeah, that's my name. And you filled out Sean Panksa. Right. And then somehow we didn't get it, which yeah. means to me that my parents went in. You and, think? And either erased your name. You think? Or oh. or did not send it. That was the other option. Because that's, that's the only way. That's the only way we would have not been. Because we were roommates. in the same dormitory. That's right. And we literally picked a dormitory yeah. that we knew we would get like yeah. together. I'm pretty sure if you had been my roommate, I would have lasted longer at U of A, but since I was on my own. Oh man, you had a lot of orange Tic Tac problems. I mean, this is what happens. Some people you put them on their own and they thrive. Yeah. Um I wasn't one of those people because what I did in my free time was play as much video games as possible. Sure. And so as soon as I had nothing but free time, yeah. Yeah. I'm not Self-motivated. I mean, as evidenced by this podcast where I'm just like, Sean, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing, Sean? And I'm good at providing content, mm. but I am not – or coming up with the idea. Yeah. But I can't do the other side. I can I can either be part of the crew mm. that puts things together, mm. not leading it, 
Or I could be the big picture guy who's like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we had robot blowjob machines powered by the sun? <laughs> and then someone else will be like, yeah, that's a marketable idea. We'll go do this. And, you know, and then I get paid a shit ton of money for being the visionary. Mm-hmm. And the person that actually makes the blowjob solar powered robot gets laid off. Gotcha. But it's one of those things for me. I and after that I only I lived with roommates for so long after that because I knew that if I was by myself I mean and now you're back in the position uh, where you're by yourself and uh, you're and you're leaving. Yeah, and I'm leaving, yeah. So that's that's kind of the impetus of this Whoa. podcast. This podcast was started because you're leaving. Yeah. And I'm I know back. me and I know you. Yeah. And I know at a certain part of our relationship I was very focused on family. You were very focused on your life. And we didn't really talk all that much. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, well, you also moved because, like I mentioned earlier, Arizona's geography is weird. You have um, you have people like – it's very easy to get around Phoenix. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get around Gilbert. But because of the way – because essentially you're moving from air-conditioned bubble to air-conditioned bubble. Yeah. If you want to – it, it, it makes it so that you don't spontaneously go to do things. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you may say like go see a movie. It's, it's a little different when you're younger, but when you get to that professional stage of life where it's like you're working and you're doing your job mm-hmm. um, and you're paying for your own gas, since there's so many freeways and so easy to get around, people go live where it's cheap. But, and so it was like an hour's drive. Yeah. So we didn't really talk. And I know that you going across the pond yeah. is not going to be it's conducive to that. Good. And that's not that, – that, again, is fully on me because I am the kind of person that I'm, – I'm, uh, first off, I'm moving back to Britain yep. because this country is a dumpster fire and I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, plus, there's a lot of other things like, you know. Hopefully this will kickstart me out of my apathy because I've been apathetic for too long. But um, my family's international, so there's only a couple members of my family that live in the United States. Uh, a lot of my family lives in Britain and Scotland, and then like Europe, mainland Europe and Australia and stuff. So I've always had big distances between me and people that I know. So like, if I don't talk to you for a month, mm-hmm. it's not because I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to Sean. It's that a month doesn't mean anything to me. It's one of those things where it's like I don't count that as a disruption in a friendship or a relationship because there are times where I go, I mean, years without talking to people that I know and then I go or that I'm related to. And then when we get back together, it's like no time has passed. I felt like I've been in a rut. I got laid off, as you know. And so it's just one of those things where if I when I was looking for a new job, I was like. I don't want to work in Phoenix anymore. And so then I was like, why limit myself to the United States if I don't have to? So um, I'm going to move and uh, we'll see if it works. I mean, the, the severance package from work was pretty generous and I live alone, don't have a wife, mortgage or kids. So I don't really have that many expenses. I just had, I had a nice fancy car. It was my main expense. Um, but moving to Britain, um, I'm hoping does some good stuff for me. But for us, I've never had more time to do this mm. um, back when we talked about it. Mm. I mean, I should have had, and before podcasts were 
super popular. Sure. It was one of those things where I just couldn't conceive of an easy way to get it done. Mm -hmm. And you also, because I'm not the gear up and do it guy, Mm -hmm. and you had things like kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a wife, Mm -hmm. there was never, we'd always talk about it, talk about it, get excited, and then nothing would happen and I would just not worry about it. Yep. But now, I mean, hell. Hopefully this is a good thing and um, we're like kicking ourselves for not doing it five years ago. But really for me, like this, this becomes a really easy way for me to stay in contact, yeah. stay in contact. Also make an excuse to talk to you. Right. Like yeah. not, not that I feel like I need an excuse, but, but it is a lot easier to go. All right. Well, we've got to go record an hour of audio yeah. or something. It's about something. Might as well talk and, and yeah. you know go through kind of what we want to talk about and all that other stuff. And I'm sure it'll be crazy yeah. with kind of you moving over there and eight hour time difference as well. Yeah, so well, we'll, we'll get we'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna you know, have a job the minute I get there. But also, eight hour time difference isn't all that yeah. bad. I mean, I mean I, that means when you're when you're getting off of work ostensibly, I'll be coming on to work, and maybe we'll just find time to do stuff. Oh, I'm fully prepared to be the. Like late night, like okay. um, I maybe mean, one of those things where it's like it'd be very easy for me as a single man mm. living on my own um, to do it on a Saturday night because I ain't fucking doing it. <laughs> That's true. Until until you find shit. Until you find like the woman of your dreams. Yeah, I mean that's the big problem with her right now is that she's, she's in your dreams. She's still imaginary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all right. I mean. Eventually, girls go to the snack aisle and they pick <laughs> they pick the snack that's like the worst for them, and that's that's me. I'm a snack, but like the fatty kind, like the kind that after you eat it, you're like, Oof. yeah. I mean, Sean and I are for everybody who knows us, um, we're pretty fucking interesting and uh, hilarious and attractive, and um, bam, it's. And one of us is single, ladies. Yeah. So yeah, listen if good. you're if you're listening and you're in Great Britain or possibly not Great Britain, depending on how far in the future this yeah, is. We'll see. I mean, um, yeah, just know that uh, I have dual citizenship. So if you're looking to get out, bam, <laughs> uh, do you become a British citizen if you marry a British citizen? Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, yeah, like um, my sister, I have a nephew, and um, he can apply for British oh, citizenship. He can apply for. It is he not, automatically no, he's an automatically an American citizen. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not sure how it works. I just know that I was born in Britain. So sure. if I have a get out of jail free card, I'm going to use it. And I may be moving from one type of hellscape to another type of hellscape. True. But I mean, once we hit environmental collapse, I'm just pretty much pic- picturing choosing where I'm going to die. Uh, and uh, I've decided to die in the British Isles. There you go. <laughs> I've chosen drowning over... Fighting in the water wars <laughs> in the Southwest. All right. Well, that's the origin episode. So that was Pod Goblins. I'm Sean. I'm Alex. And we'll talk to you next time.